Friday Night Racing. On Off The Ball. Brought to you by Go Racing. Plan your day at the races at goracing.ie. Good evening. You're very welcome this evening's Friday Night Racing. Friday Night Racing brought to you with goracing.ie. Neil Tracy here with you. And uh, we'll be crossing over to Johnny Ward a little bit later on to look back on today's action and ahead of the final day of Leopardstown tomorrow. Right now, though, I'm joined in studio by Wayne Middleton. Wayne is a strength conditioning coach for uh, trainee jockeys in the race system. That's the Racing Academy and Centre of Education, as well as uh, for licensed jockeys in the jockey pathway. Uh, Wayne, how are you? Thanks for joining, coming into us here today. Good, Neil. Uh, thanks very much for the invite. Yeah. Uh, I imagine Christmas time is uh, quite a busy period for a strength and conditioning coach in racing. Um, actually, it's grand for me. I've got a couple of weeks off. It's a busy time. <laughs> it's a busy time for the jockeys. Yeah. Um, so there's some some huge festivals going on there. Um, Limerick, Down Royals, and Le of course the big one in Leopardstown. So um, yeah, it's great to be part of that. You, you there's some jockeys there that you work with, and you're you're looking at them, and you can see how they're riding, and and even when they get success as well, it's even better, you know, so. Mm -hmm. uh, I imagine strength and conditioning for jockeys, I'm sure a lot of people on the outside looking in would immediately assume, keep the weight down, watch what you eat, etc, etc. I'd imagine much more complex than that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose from a weight point of view, one thing that we're always trying to do is, is, is help jockeys maintain their weight. There's always a, they're always trying to make weight, so it's a weight classification sport, mm -hmm. um, similar to boxing or, or MMA. The only difference is that when they weigh in, they have to weigh out at the same weight. So if they get up on the scales and they're nine stone, they have to come back in nine stone. The difference between, I suppose, the boxing is that two days before that they get weighed in and then they can bump up the carbs mm -hmm. and they can bump up their weight. So, um, what we try and do is is what we're trying to do is to encourage them to manage that weight and to kind of maybe stay a pound or two uh, within your, your desired weight or what weight they would want to be. And, and the strength conditioning side of it has a huge part of that as well as working with dietitian as well. So um, it, it, look, it's early days for us. It, it, it's a sport that four or five years ago, if, if you said a jockey was, um, well, I'm going for a gym session, um, they would probably look at you and they would think, well, what, what, what are you going to the gym for? You're going to get big, you're going to put on weight. So um, we're, we're trying to change that, we're trying to um, educate uh, young jockeys, ex established jockeys on the benefits of being stronger, being more supple, being able to move better um, and we're getting good buy-in which is, which is great to see. If you could tell us a little bit about your own kind of journey into where you are at the moment because speaking to you beforehand you were saying until you actually got involved with the, with the race system and became involved with it that you really hadn't had any involvement with racing itself. You were kind of involved with GA teams, uh, personal training, a little yeah. bit of, you know, small bit of a rugby team work. Um, yeah. As you say, you'd been surrounded by horses growing up, being from yeah. Kildare around the Curra, but this was this was a whole new ballpark yeah, for you. Yeah, so I grew up in the Curra um, and like you'd go, you'd be going to primary schools and you'd see the string of horses, but never, was never on a horse until this, until this year actually. And um, I, um, Left school and I was playing rugby. I was I was probably uh, I was an average rugby player. I was a, I was a I was a fit but poor Gaelic football player. Um, so I managed to play in lots of different positions because I was full of running. And um, and then I um, I just started to, to kind of I was always I was always big into fitness. I was always fit when I was younger. And then I, I'm still fit. I'd like to think as well, <laughs> but uh, I'm not as fit. Um, and then I just kind of moved towards the. I played, I retired from rugby when I was 33 and then the following year then my club Kildara we won the Leinster League Division 1 which was huge back then um, and I was responsible for the physical preparation of the, of the team then 
and then uh, moved. I was working with the Carlow GA footballers for five years, so um, um, got to see a huge amount there. Got to meet some really good friends, and and um, moved from there to uh, my own club in Suncroft, and then I worked with Moorfield GA, and then I took a call about four years ago from. Uh, Dr. Sarah Jane Cullen, who's big into research with jockeys, and would have been interested in coming in in race. They were looking for um, um, an SNC coach to work with the trainee jockeys there. So, like as I was saying earlier, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but it just struck me as something that would be hugely interesting. Um, like to be involved in team sports is great, but it's quite saturated. There's, there's like there isn't kind of any, I suppose, long term. Um, role there unless you're very lucky and you get in one of the provinces in rugby and you, you've got to start at the bottom then and move up mm -hmm. so I just saw it as an opportunity to get involved in a sport that I had always had interest in but knew very little about from the jockey side of it. Uh, my my uncle was a was a jump jockey, he was a champion jump jockey in Germany which I always slag him about, I, I don't know <laughs> if that's something to rave about you know but anyway um, yeah so then I started working with the trainee jockey so that we, in race in the racing academy um, there's they do a 10 month um, um, residential course there, so it's a trainee jockey course. It doesn't give them a license, so when they leave, then they, they can apply for a license then as well. And then I started working with one or two uh, professional jockeys um, privately, and then um, and then last year, then uh, HRI and the Turf Club um, worked towards what we call the Jockey Pathway, which is a, um, which is really uh, work uh, moving on from uh, what Adrian wanted, Dr. Uh, Dr. McGoldrick, Sarah Jane Cullen, and Giles Warrington. So they're big on the whole research and um, I suppose player welfare or jockey welfare. And we've <coughs> been pushing for this jockey pathway. Um, so we started it last year uh, where we would do four sessions a week with me um, and it was all optional. So they would come in and they, they would train. And so I was trying to get a feel for myself, but I had, I had done that over the last, the previous, I suppose, two or three years with the trainee jockeys and then working with professional jockeys and then really just working as hard as I could, speaking to jockeys and asking them how, what does it feel like, you know, when you come off? Are you tired? Are, are you sore? Yeah, and, you know, and as you said a few minutes ago, like the first time you properly got on a horse was last year. Yeah. Like, did it take for you to do that to kind of realise, you know, yeah. we need to be working yeah. on? Did you have to, did you have a programme that you then had to kind of tailor to realise, yeah, okay, yeah. a, you know, a jockey isn't going to need to do this as much as this? Yeah, because like we've 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 got lots of science that tells us how to train, but we have a, we don't have much research that tells us how to how to train jockeys, mm -hmm. in a physical uh, um, sense. So I was applying general training principles and and um, uh, but I still I was looking at the jockeys and I was just saying they must be looking at me thinking, what would he know? Like he's never been on a horse. You know, if I'm if I'm an SNC for a Gaelic football team, I've played Gaelic football, I've played rugby, I've mm -hmm. played soccer, so I know, you know, you know I know, I know what it's like. Yeah. I know what it's like. So I had no idea. So I'm trying to kind of better myself, but I'm trying to do better for them as well and, and make them better athletes as well. So, so this year in race, I, I, I was up on a horse and uh, just like to get a feel for it. So um, these are retired thoroughbreds now. So I've never been on a horse in my life. Um, and I, I couldn't walk for about two days. I was walking down the stairs back, down the stairs backwards. So um, it's like it really gave me an insight in. And I was only trotting, like in, like I wasn't. Like one of the lads was actually holding the rope with the, with the horse. So I, I wasn't. Yeah. He was actually walking me around on the horse, and then I started to trot. So there's a huge amount of core activity going on here, which we would have assumed anyway. And there's a huge amount of leg activity going on. And there's a lot of um, isometric work, which is working but not moving. So there's a lot of holding going on as well. So then I said, okay, right, we can get more specific with this now. Um, and you might have you might have 
probably looked at a jockey and think, oh, this is what they need. But until you actually get up on the horse, you know, and and these guys are going at yeah, 30 miles an hour as well. So um, so then you can bring it more specific to, to suit them as well. And then I think they get they enjoy that more as well when you when they know you're doing something that's going to benefit them specifically as well. So it just gets more exciting then as well. So is the strength and conditioning side then in racing, I suppose, relatively a modern phenomenon? Is it maybe in the last 10 years where it's really, you know, up until re more recent times, has it really just been about watching what you ate, watch the weight, and, yeah, you know, yeah, the rest absolutely. looks after itself? Absolutely, yeah, and I think, um, like, by educating the jockeys that come in and, and they, they understand that the benefit of being stronger, the benefit of being able to hold that horse, maybe could be the difference between doing extra work in, in the gym or, or it may not be the difference. We don't know that, but they're not doing any harm by coming in. They're certainly improving their, their physical capacity and they're certainly improving their strength. And we do a lot of work on recovery as well. So um, we'll have a lot of jockeys that will come in. Um, maybe they might have finished racing for the day or, or finished uh, working for the day and they'll come in. They might want to do a light session. They might be going uh, racing that evening. So. Um, and we'll do like recovery or, um, and I think that's really important that you can actually tailor that um, to the jockeys. So that when they come in, they know, okay, right, Wayne knows how I, you know, I might have got a phone call from one of the lads or, or one of the girls and say, look, I'm feeling a bit sore here. Will you be able to do something for that? Not something for that, but I'll be able to change the session around to suit how they are. And then um, if they're suspended, so it's like, if um, they're off for maybe four or five days, so they'll come in and they'll say, oh, God, I'm going to train really hard now. That's, what, I suppose, one of the best things about it, then no, no, uh, no two days are ever the same. So. Mm -hmm. um, like, has it been difficult to convince them that doing weight doesn't mean you're going to put on weight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get too controversial here now. Yeah. Uh, you're like, we, we actually, what, what, I, what I tried to say is that we're not weight training, we're strength training, which may sound the same, but it's not, because in a, their world is about making weight. Mm. Um, if I if they come into the gym and they start putting on weight, so I need them to come in and say, Do you know what? I was with the I went to the gym, and I feel great, and I feel much stronger over a period of time, and I'm not having put on any weight. And when they're sitting in the weigh room, that's what you want the jockeys to say, you know. And because people will, some jockeys will say, Oh, I was talking to such and such, and he he said that um, you know, he felt great after that session, and. Uh, and he's been with, he's been training now for three or four months, yeah, and he hasn't put on any weight, yeah. You know, imagine that. You know, so well, if you eat enough food, you put on weight. You know, so you kind of, and then I would work with um, uh, Gillian, our, our dietitian, as well. So a lot of them will come in and they'll have a lot of information on how they need to make weight, and they'll say to me, "What do you think?" And I'll say, "You go to Gillian now, and then you work with Gillian." And the same with Kira, the sports psychologist, as well. So. Um, it's kind of it, it, it's it's a multi approach as well there so um, but yeah they'll um, you're always going to try and convince people because people think historically we never did it so we shouldn't do it and that's fine and I don't have an issue with that and neither does any of the service providers um, what you want is if if someone says look I'd like to come in and train great this is what we can do and you're not chasing people to tell them to come in and train so it's it's there for people if they want to engage in it and those that are engaging on a long-term basis are, are reaping benefits you know so yeah it was funny i knew you were coming in uh for the last week or so and i was browsing around twitter last night and i don't know if you see there's a video doing the rounds of tommy canaan who's the father of there, canaan. standing on his head uh, <laughs> 85 years old yeah yeah and he's doing a headstand yeah, in his kitchen amazing. holds it for about 30 seconds yeah. as well like the 
you mentioned there like how, how much how important core strength yeah, is like I mean th yeah. that is just pure core strength right? oh yeah 85 absolutely. years yeah. of age inspirational I saw it there earlier on as well I was thinking I'm, I'm wasting my time here you know exactly. <laughs> he'll have you out of just a job just go down to the canards <laughs> and start standing on your head you know but I think I suppose if you get a realisation of how strong and um, how fit they are these jockeys are um, and I'm not like sometimes people might look and think oh Jesus they don't they don't do an awful lot but they are extreme. They are extremely strong and very, very fit, and um, and that's something that I that I always admire about them. And even even more so that they can come in. Um, I can name check a few people here, like the likes say of Paddy. Paddy Mullins will come in now, and, and he, he'll be racing in Punchestown, and he'll come into the gym straight after racing. Um, Billy Billy Lee, will, who's over in Dubai now, he five or six winners in Dubai, which is great actually. Chris Hayes had a winner today as well. So, and then Ronan Whelan had a winner two days ago. So. And is, right. it, is it important having guys like that? And yeah, I You mentioned think so. Ra Rachel Blackmore yeah, as well, Ra with so many yeah. name checks beforehand. Well, well, well. Rachel, will like Rachel trains, um, I know she she doesn't like the media, but she'll probably kill me for mentioning her, but <laughs> um, she trains, I know she trains down in Carlow with, with, with a coach down in Carlow, but um, Willie schools up in, on, on a Tuesday in, in Decura, so if they're up, um, she'll ring me the day before, text me the next day, come and come in for a session. Um, as will Danny, Danny Mullins and Brian Hayes. So you know there's something good happening there if when they're finished work they want to come in and do something in the gym. Now it could be only a light session, but they'll still want to do that as well. You know, and then like the the bigger jockeys, the, the Chris Hayes, the Declan McDonough's, they, they're, you know, Chris is in Dubai, they're, they're, they're long-term advocates of the training, the Shane Foley's. And then you've got the younger guys, like young apprentices, like. Dylan Hogan, Dennis Lenehan, Ross Coakley, um, all these young apprentices, Gary Halpin, who's not an apprentice, he's writing out his claim. Like they're they're putting in a huge amount of effort and they don't see you, you, you don't see that, you know, like these young apprentices coming in three or four days a week, working really hard just to, and they might not get be getting as many rides, let alone winners. Mm -hmm. Um and I think it's just I admire them for that because they lose far more than they win, you know. Mm -hmm. Um but yet they, they still have the I suppose the drive to come in and want to be stronger and, and, and fitter. Um, so, yeah. Wayne Middleton, thanks for joining us on thanks Friday Night Racing and uh, Happy New Year. You too, Neil. Thank you very much. Cheers. Okay, well, uh, we have Johnny Ward joining us on the line now from Limerick. Johnny, how are you doing? How are you guys? Before we look ahead at tomorrow's racing, obviously another busy day in Leopardstown and Limerick. The big one today in Leopardstown was the uh, the Christmas hurdle, the grade one. Um, it hasn't been a particularly good week for favourites, Johnny, but uh, Apple's Jade certainly gave punters something to smile about today. Yeah, and it's, it hasn't been a particularly good week for uh, Gordon Elliott either. I, I was just actually counting um, his runners last night after day two. He'd had 50 runners over the course of the two days at what would have been, um, I think, four different meetings, including uh, the Welsh National. And from the 50 runners, he'd had two winners. And uh, now a lot of those would have run maybe in the same race, but um, it, was a, it was a very, very poor return for somebody of Gordon's calibre. And he was probably feeling it a bit uh, this morning, but Apple's Jade... Uh, She's just become a pretty reliable mare, you know. This this time last year, she um, she looked like she could basically beat anything, but she just ended the season in a strange enough note. There were reports that she was in season um, at Cheltenham when she definitely didn't run her best. Um, I didn't think she looked happy at all that day, but she then disappointed again at Punches Town. So it was kind of a question mark about her then, but, uh, you know, this season, her performance in the Hatton's Grace was absolutely exceptional. Um, 
even though Faheen obviously fell, what she did today was still a hell of a performance. She's running against pretty good horses, maybe not quite grade one horses, but good horses, and absolutely destroying them from the front. And um, the big question basically now is where does she go next? And I think a lot will hinge on what Faheen does tomorrow, or rather what Samco does tomorrow in that regard. Yeah, and you mentioned Faheen there as well. We were watching, uh, we were watching that race this afternoon in the office, and there was just this kind of a <gasps> as soon as Faheen fell, uh, a couple out and because he kind of lay there for a while, it was quite still, and you were going, "Oh God, this is this could be quite ugly." It was it was a massive relief to see Faheen get back up onto the feet and and walk away with uh, with Ruby. Ah, big time, yeah. I mean, Carlingford Locke, who was an old stager, obviously, he um, lost his life yesterday, which was uh, pretty pretty um, upsetting as well for his connections, obviously, but um, he wouldn't hold a candle to Faheen in terms of his place in the uh, public affection stakes. And Faheen, when he fell, it was like for all of a hurdle, can be a lot worse than over fence at times because they're not expected at all, especially from the likes of him. And uh, I watched in the press room at Limerick and uh, one of the guys beside me said oh he's he's not good when he saw his legs flailing but I think he was kind of just trying to get back um, mm-hmm. he's probably just a bit shocked he's probably just trying to get back to his feet and um, obviously your first concern in a situation like that is for the rider uh, because um, you know that's obviously paramount and Ruby Walsh had an awful lot of injuries but he got up quickly and then everyone uh, was sort of just looking as, as to how far he was and he got up and um you shouldn't forget that uh, he, he was far from off the bridle at the time. You know, the, on the balance of how the betting suggests the race would go, um, we can probably say he might he might not have won by the law of averages. But I didn't think he was finished, um, and I think he would have certainly run some sort of a race or made her made her at least um, work for her victory. And um, that that he lives to fight another day was it was great to see. Like I'm, I don't get overly kind of soppy about um, you know horses um, who, who who die because you know that's just the nature of the game but um, you, you certainly have massive affection for a horse like that and if he had lost his life today it would have been absolutely horrible and I've been to William Mullins before to see him he's a, he's a pet of a horse and uh, it's just great that he lives to fight another day I mean punters are generally losing at Leopard Sound but um, it, it doesn't really matter when things like that could have happened Yeah exactly also uh, today at Leopardstown as well you had the Savills chase and uh, another another kind of short enough prize favourite road to respect disappointed greatly and uh, Kenboy under uh, David Mullins for Willie as well. That was a very impressive winner. He was, yeah. He was slightly unheralded winner of the race. Um, you know, he he could have run in the he could have run in the big race uh, in England there a few weeks ago in the Labrooks Trophy. Um, he didn't run there due to some sort of a travel issue, as far as I recall. On on the balance of today, you'd have to think he probably would have won. So if you backed him uh, for for the Newbury race, you'd be a bit disappointed. But um, you know, apparently he he, he did exactly what uh, William Mullins told David Mullins not to do today in the way he rode him. Um, he was a little bit keen, but he really enjoyed himself. And um, I think he was just able to dictate batters. And it was a really, really good performance. You know, William Mullins has never won the Gold Cup, but he definitely has a contender now. The only thing I would say is um, this was a shambles of a race for all to respect. Um, the traffic problems and the the instance that befell him in the last, um, I suppose, the last mile of the race, and they happened either side of about the third or fourth last, um, basically means I think he ran a, a race full of merit because he nearly snatched second. Um, he had an absolutely hopeless position turning in. Uh, I think I honestly think he could have lost about ten lengths in that race with with the, the the kind of he lost his footing at one stage. He was tight for room at another. So much went wrong. Um, I think if you've backed him for the Gold Cup or if you want to back him for the Gold Cup, you've plenty of uh, hope. I thought he ran an exceptional race, but 
with the way Mike Bite obviously bled at Kempton and that was an unsatisfactory King George mm. I think Ireland has a realistic chance to win the Gold Cup now and presenting Percy still to come I, I could certainly see us winning, winning the race in March OK well watch that space you were down in Limerick today obviously the big one there was the uh, Grade 3 Irish Independent Hurdle um, Espar Dolan uh, 7-2 winner for uh, Jody McGarvey and uh, Gavin Cromwell that was that was a fantastic finish like absolutely stormed home to take that Stormed home, yeah, after looking, turning in that even Gavin himself actually got me lift home from the races, um, obviously full of the joys of spring, he thought that the horse was probably beaten turning into the straight, but um, to, to finish the race like that and to go from looking possibly held to winning by whatever it was, eight or ten lengths, um, it was a very, very good form. He gave the mare who was second an extremely well back. He gave her uh, quite a lot of weight on the day. Um, if you took out his run at Leopardstown last year when he was fourth of five, to his last run of the season, when he clearly wasn't himself, he's never lost a race for Gavin Cromwell. Um, I was just talking to him about his, his physique because he's, he's not overly big, but he, he could still become a very good chaser because you don't need to be massive to be a chaser. You actually, a lot, of the, a lot of the good chasers are just very nimble at their fences. So he's not, he's not really sure what his future holds. He thinks he could definitely jump a fence, but um, you'd have to think if, if anyone else owned him, other than J.P. McManus, who has the favour for the race in Boover there, Esper Dallam would be going for the champion hurdle, and because he certainly deserves consideration for the race, even though obviously five years of a five-year-old have a pretty poor record in it, but he's a very, very likable and talented horse. Yeah, looking ahead at tomorrow, final day, Leopardstown um, at one fifty-five. The Neville's, Neville's Hotels and Steeple Steeplechase is um, Delta Work seems to be the one everyone's talking about. There looks like it's going to be going off. As a as a comfortable favourite, uh, do, do you see any other winner there? Uh, not really, no. It's not the strongest um, grade one novice chase. Obviously, it's the third novice chase to be run um, in Ireland this Christmas because there's a new one at Limerick, and uh, maybe the, maybe it's it's kind of spread spread it out a bit in terms of the quality of the runners. Um, Jiggenstown have five here, which is. Really, really remarkable. I mean, it, it's kind of just a sign of, you know, the stranglehold of these novice chasers that they have from time to time. Um, but Delta Work, uh, you know, he was probably considered a each-way player for the RSA chase because Santini had impressed everyone on his chase debut. I wasn't completely wowed by him, but he's been beaten since in any event. And Delta mm. Work, obviously, has won um, a very good race last time at Ferry House when he overcame a bad mistake the last one. He generally jumps very well and he steps up to three miles. Um, so basically I, I don't really think he's running against proper grade one horses here with all due respect to even the other Jiggenstone runners um, so I, I can't really see him being beaten if he doesn't fall and he shouldn't because he's a very good jumper Yeah the lineup then for the uh, the other grade one at Leopardstown tomorrow the Reinar Hurdle like that is just it is just stacked with big names most of whom have question marks over Yeah you'd have to say they do um, particularly Sam Crow, um, you know Obviously, Lorena, Willie Mullins' mare, if she had come here, would have been a slightly better race. She's very exciting. But in fairness to horses that are there, it's a cracking renewal, I think. Sam Crow, mm. I, I have to think he's miles better than what he showed in the fighting fifth. I thought making the run worked out completely wrongly for him. And if you remember when he won his bumper at Navin making the run, and he wasn't at all impressive back in the day. So I, I basically just don't think he's suited by making the run. And I think he'll run a lot better tomorrow. My, my vote will go to Mellon, but tentative enough and I never thought I'd be tipping against Sam Crow, but there you go and then tomorrow as well the other big grade one is at Newbury 3 o'clock it's the uh, Betway Shallow Novices Hurdle yeah Champ looks very interesting here he's a uh, he's a horse another promising one for JP McManus and he's certainly a horse on the up uh, I, 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 I could see him 
progressing on to even better things. Doesn't look the strongest renewal of the race. And, um, you know, JP's had a, a very, very good Christmas. He won the Paddy Power. Um, you know, he's had some very, very exciting runners. And uh, he, he possibly has a very likeable horse here in Champ, who, as far as I know, is named after the retired Tony McCoy. And Johnny, before we let you go, it is, uh, of course, time for our weekly charity bet. The Christmas Racing Festival is in full swing at Leopardstown and Limerick this week. And Toad have given us a €100 charity bet to try and add to our winnings for the Irish Injured Jockeys Fund. Jockey, er, Johnny, what have you gone for this week? Yeah, the horse runs in the first race um, tomorrow at Leopardstown. I don't actually have the time on me at the moment, but I always laugh when this horse runs because he reminds me of um, a Rodney Dangerfield joke where Rodney Dangerfield says, my wife, she said, call over. There's nobody home. I call over. There was nobody home. And the horse called nobody home anyway, so he's a great chance to first tomorrow. And what odds is that coming in at, do you think? What's that? What odds is that looking like? I think it'll be each way price. I think it'll be about 4 to 1. It's very well handicapped over fences and uh, this doesn't look a particularly deep race. Even Rodney Dangerfield could find the winner of it. <laughs> well, Johnny, thanks a million. And of course, see the tote.com for Christmas racing festivals. Johnny, uh, enjoy tomorrow and thanks for joining us on the line. Thanks, lads. And Wayne as well, thank you for coming in to chat to us. After the break, more of our best odds from 2018. Don't go away. Friday Night Racing on Off The Ball Brought to you by Go Racing Plan your day at the races at goracing.ie